This is the Pennywise Financial Podcast, and welcome to the show. Welcome to the Pennywise Financial Podcast. This is Constantine here at Monarch Wealth Management with my co-host today, David Georgia. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Mm-hmm. I know you came all the way up here. All the way. All the way. Third floor. All right. So let's dive into some quick numbers about the market. Uh, year to date, Dow Jones is up. What are we up this year? Actually, maybe down. Is that possible? The Dow Jones is actually up 3.4% year to date. And then the S&P is up 15 and change. Got the NASDAQ up 30.5%. So that thing has been raging. And the Russell 2000 is up 5.8 year to date. Real estate's down almost 3%. Gold, safe haven, people worried about the market, is up 2.9. Then we've got the energy sector. That was up pretty big for us last year. Again, it's up 4.5%, not too shabby. A little more than halfway through the year. And then, of course, Bitcoin. Any idea what Bitcoin's doing? Uh, it was tanking last time I saw. Year to date is up 109. But yeah, it's definitely well off its highs. Yeah. Uh, I think about a month ago or so, it started heading downwards. Bitcoin, <laughs> excuse me. 25, 26,000, right around there on the cusp. Um, what was the peak a couple of weeks back? 35,000? Somewhere around there. It was, Remember when it was supposed to be 100,000? Bitcoin yeah. going to 100,000, that was like the big headline. Yeah, but I'm sorry. Everybody I talk to that are Bitcoin like people, they're, they're hooked. Like they believe the story they believe the hype and it was when it was at 65,000 70,000 it's going to 100,000 and the the big catch if you remember to bitcoin was it's uncorrelated to the stock market well when the stock market tanked bitcoin came crashing down tr- tremendously worse than even the stock market as a whole yeah it's crazy too there's um there's a, a big difference, I think, between the ETFs and the trust that follow the, the coins. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, the, the price on Bitcoin and I'm using the um, the trust, the GBTC. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the actual price of Bitcoin, it's at twenty five thousand nine hundred year to date is up fifty six percent. But the trust is up one hundred nine. Huh. Explain. I don't know. I don't know. And it, because it's not actually owning the coins. It's like um, when you look at gold versus owning gold outright, you know, gold bullion versus owning like an ETF that follows or tracks the index. Mm -hmm. It's not going to follow it in lockstep. But, uh, you know, I mean, we're limited in the ways that we can help our clients invest if if it makes sense. I mean, I it's hard to really put a value on Bitcoin and what it is. But you're right. It's to me, it's it's not, um, you know, the people that invest in it, they um, they have a belief in in the process behind it, but they don't know why. They don't know why they yeah. really own it. It's going higher. Why? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Adoption, I guess. I don't know. It's only worth what somebody will pay for it. That's what Warren Buffett described it as. It's, it's a commodity type issue like that. When I look at uh, right around January 1st of this year, it's trading just over 16,000. It's up to 25, uh, nine today. Um, but from 16,000, you look at the peak was around 65, 70,000. That's quite the fall. Yeah, no kidding. So if you can stomach it, but to me, it it is like a commodity. I mean, when we look at gold and precious metals and we own some of that in some of our portfolios, um, you got to know when to buy and you got to know when to sell. That's a commodity. Um, Just owning it over the long haul. When you look at the average price of gold over the long haul, 
it's about a three, three and a half percent rate of return. It's nothing to write home about, but if you buy in at the right time and sell out at the right time, you can make a lot of money on gold and other precious metals. I had a client way back in the day and and all she would buy was gold and silver. And she did this over a 20 year period. And, you know, I had to imagine what is she averaging about 4%, maybe, maybe keeping up with inflation, but you're right. If you time it right and who can do that. Yeah. And who wants to do that? We just went through a client portfolio the other day and, um, we were looking at different things and why you own them, right? Somebody was pretty aggressive in, in owning these wild stocks and in different sectors and trying to time the market. And that doesn't always pan out. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think of it like the casino. The longer you sit there, the more chance that you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. When you're trying to pull the trigger at different times. When you're trying Absolutely. to be strategic and get mm-hmm. into gold and get into Bitcoin and yeah. get out of Bitcoin at the right time. And you sold it too early. I should have waited. And yeah, well, you know. the, the problem is that emotion gets in. Right. I mean, we were talking about that portfolio and it's like y- you have a, a person who says that they're going to, you know, we can we can buy it, we can hold it. But then as soon as there's some sort of volatility above and beyond what they expected, they act emotionally and they want to sell and get rid of it or, or do whatever. And, and whenever you mix emotion with investing, investing, we've talked about this a million times over, you're going to make a bad decision, whether it is in a panic or fear or in euphoria because everything's on fire. And I remember when going back to crypto, when crypto was at 75,000, crypto's going to 100 and that's all you heard, you know, and people were doubling down and tripling down. And it's like, man, it's never been so high. Maybe we should take some of the earnings off the table, but your typical crypto crypto investor, not to carte blanche people, but that's their mentality. It's a very, um, it reminds me of somewhat of a gambling mentality, oh, it which is. is dangerous, which to me is not, not investing. It's uh, it's trading, which is dangerous. And then you get everyone chasing. Mm-hmm. You get people pouring the, the cash in cause they see it going up and they feel like I'm going to miss out. I'm going to miss out on this opportunity. They don't know when to get out. They don't know when to get in. They don't, they don't really know their appetite for risk. And they say they're risky. They're not. When you're down 60%, if you give me a million dollars and you lost 600, you know, that's going to hit you pretty hard from most people. For sure. So they don't really have the appetite. So I think that's one part. Um, A little bit later on the show, I want to get into different types of investments because people are always asking, um, you know, and and not just the the types like stocks, bonds, ETFs, uh, IRA, 401k. That's one thing. But let's talk about for just a minute interest rates. We had this conversation with another advisor, a colleague just yesterday talking about rates. I mean, what you you bought some uh, some fixed income, some CD rates for for people. What are you finding? Oh, well, I mean, as of late, it's amazing. I haven't had to to deal with this in 20 years of being in finance. And I, I just purchased some CDs last week, 5.6%. Uh, if maybe 10 months, 10 months CD. Wow. 5.6%. Amazing. Right. Lock that in. And, and I hate to say it, I, I just made a, a short little video about it, but talking about if you have money on the sideline and you want to get into the market, well, when should I do so? Um, that's a, that's a valid question right now. And, and depending on your risk tolerance, of course, but I'd say right now, if you can get even call five and a half percent, even 5%, right? A 5% guaranteed rate of return versus maybe slightly higher, but a whole lot of volatility, depending on what happens in the market over the next several months, whether we're going to go into some sort of economic recession or um, if we're in one or if we're in one. Yeah. Um, so why not just earn the 5% while we kind of ride this out? And I'm like, 
Yeah, that sounds reasonable. And again, if you don't want to stomach the volatility, especially specifically with money on the sideline, why not take the guaranteed five, five and a quarter, five and a half percent, and then kind of revisit six to, to 10 months down the road? I think I know the answer to this, but I'm assuming this is not, hey, I've got my half a million dollars in my 401k. I'm terrified of the market in the next six months. Let's go and buy a bunch of CDs with all this money. No, no. I, I mean, I, I tell all my clients, if you have money in the market, and, and this is true for myself as well, if you have money in the market, again, it's, it's, don't be that crypto person, right? Don't, don't be buying and selling it. Like invest long-term. You're, you're, you know, when should we buy yesterday? Well, when's the second best day to buy today? When do we sell tomorrow? Like we always want to sell tomorrow, which means, you know, you never sell really. Um, and when you have money invested in the 401k, 403b, retirement accounts, that's long-term money. So this six month volatility, one year volatility, um, it's a speed bump in the grand scheme of your rate of return. And the more you play with it and by play with it, I don't mean rebalance or reallocate as far as within your portfolio. That's an entirely different conversation, but I'm talking about moving to a safe haven, moving back out into the market. You're talking moving, about a complete shift. Correct. When you do that and you're talking about long-term money, you're going to mess it up and your rate of return will be lower. I'm glad you said it. Cause that's kind of where I was going with this is I remember back in uh, 2008, 2015, Think about two, uh, 2020 during COVID, the people that had this fear, like, oh, the market's going to crash and they were correct. Uh, you think about the the big election that we saw not three and a half years ago, but I guess it was seven plus years ago. Uh, if so-and-so wins, the market's going to crash. Yep. And they went to cash or moved half their money to cash. And then they tried to get back in when the market just you know took off and you miss returns. And if it's really long-term money, like there's a difference between money that you have allocated and set aside for 20, 30 years for retirement and money that you have for the next five years. Correct. And when I think of like, remember 2007 when I used to brag about my online savings account mm -hmm. making like seven and a half percent. It was an online savings, wow. HSBC. Wow. I remember one time it, I went to the Henrietta branch and I tried to like put money in or take money out and I couldn't do it. So I walked into the branch and like, sorry, we can't help you. It's online. But that's why you grab the higher rate. There's no brick and mortar. This is kind of the same scenario. It's like I could grab five or six in CDs or corporate bonds, or I could maybe make a percent or two higher in the market. But long term, if you fast forward, extrapolate that over five, 10, 15, 20 years, you're much better off just leaving it put, staying invested, yeah. not changing your time horizon. You actually pay for that comfort and knowing, hey, I've got 5%, yeah. right? For the people yeah. that are really long term. Yeah. And, and when you look at long term rates of return, if you do any sort of uh, dynamic testing for that, look at a difference. Say it's only 5% compared to 7%. But to your point, span that out over a 30 year span of a 2% rate of return difference mm -hmm. average is tremendous, it's huge. tremendous. It yeah. is. Yeah, it is. Well, I think we beat that with a dead horse. It's dead. With that, let's uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with the show. Do you want help building and managing an investment portfolio that's right for you? One that will help you maximize growth potential while you're saving, help you generate income when you need it most, and eventually preserve what you've saved to leave to your beneficiaries? We do this day in and day out and take the stress and responsibility of making those decisions off your plate. Subscribe to our newsletter, read our blog post, and listen to our podcast 
podcast to get a flavor of how we do things. Our firm is unique and capable of handling all your investment and insurance needs. Monarch Wealth Management, our guidance, your future. Welcome back to the Pennywise Financial Podcast. Constantine here at Monarch Wealth Management. My co-host today, Dave Georgiev. Welcome back to the show, everyone. The second segment, I'd like to touch on a topic that's... um, kind of pressing to me like it really bothers the crap out of me because i get so many inbound phone calls emails text messages from clients young and old right i mean from 25 to 60 and um we've seen variations of this over the years we talk about the 770 account yeah the presidential account presidential account yeah so talk about the general concept not not behind this just yet but like in general what what's the hook like how do people like yeah why do people see it and and get enticed so so if you're on instagram or tiktok those are probably the two places i've seen it as of late um and especially last year when the market tanked you know we had a lousy year last year uh you hear these people come on you know are you tired of losing money in the market what if i told you that we are yeah, of course. We can have the upside potential of the market, but with no downside and take out your money tax free in retirement um, and borrow against your policy and all this jazz. Um, and that's all it is. It's a bunch of smoke and mirrors. Now, uh, we're talking about an indexed universal life policy is what it is. But when they you, never say that. They never say that. They, they never, never say insurance. They never say life insurance. It's like the naughty word. Correct, correct. They, it's an investment. I mean, the words they use, they're very careful and crafty with the lingo that they use. Um, but don't be fooled. And I have, I, to your point, Cons, I have a lot of friends that message me and they ask me, Dave, what about, what about this? What about an, you know, an index universal life policy or even a whole life policy has similar effects, not as advantageous as the IUL. Um, but what it basically is, is you're overfunding a life insurance policy to the point that it creates significant cash value that in retirement or later in life, if you will, you can pull out that cash value completely tax-free in the form of a loan and it basically they never say that word either. Correct. A loan. Let me be clear. And then when you don't pay back that loan, it will come off of your death benefit. Now, even all of that doesn't sound half bad. And I know, you know, for people that aren't uh, experts in this field, that sounds like a lot of jumble. I wouldn't even say that because because I've had I've had people that are younger that are just getting started, like fresh out of college. They're mm-hmm. on their first job mm-hmm. and they're trying to save and find ways. But then I've had doctors, I've had lawyers, I've had friends, I've had family members, I've had people that are CFOs and CEOs of companies mm-hmm. telling me, "Hey, I saw this video," and they hate to say TikTok because they 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 almost get embarrassed. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I was on TikTok. Which I don't have TikTok, but I'm learning. I'm on TikTok. I'm learning. Okay. It's, yeah. But um, but TikTok, um, YouTube, or even what's it, Reels, Facebook Reels, mm-hmm. they see these short clips and they talk about everything that you just said. Who doesn't want tax free money? Who doesn't want guarantees? Who doesn't want like an easy button where you just put money into an account, yeah, yeah. have uh, no exposure to the stock yeah. market, risk free growth? That's risk-free. right. Yeah. Sounds great. And you're right, Cons. So what I did was um, I said, hey, um, I reached out to our, our life insurance agency. Uh, it's a third party, great company. So it's not a knock against them at all. And I just said, hey, run me one of these based on my age. And I'm 43 years old. And I said, let's do it. And, and the way that these really are supposed to be advantageous is if you could overfund it. So I said, let's do it. This mock illustration of funding at $30,000 a year. $30,000. Yeah. 
That's a in lot annual of premiums. Money. Yep, in annual premiums. And this was just an example. But again, the real way to, to like make this thing supposedly look good is to put a lot of money into it. That's how it's supposed to look good. So I said $30,000 a year every year till I turn 65. So that's from 43 years old, which is what I am currently, until 65. And they have anytime you illustrate something in the life insurance world, they have the guaranteed rate, which is like worst case scenario, how much cash value am I accumulating? Like how much is my money growing by? And worst case scenario, or in, in best case scenario, if you will, like more of an average of what we should realistically expect. And I'll tell you, if we're just talking about the best kind of case scenario, the illustration is horrible. It shows that after 10 years, I've put in $300,000. My accumulation value is 222,000. Now I will say that I think it's a 10 or 12 year period. There's penalties if you, if you cash out of them. So they take some of your cash value, but let's go even further. So let's say 20 years from now, I put in $600,000. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. I put it to this life insurance contract. Okay, how much can I take out? My cash value at that portion is 629,000. So let me say that again. I so put in, broke even? I put in 600 grand and I can pull out 629,000. And some, some insurance salesman will say, well, that's tax-free money. Well, yeah, it's pretty much my premiums <laughs> I put in. Money. I mean, it's crazy. Um, I just, you know, and don't forget, let me be crystal clear in the insurance world, insurance agents, and I'm not speaking about everybody. So take it with a grain of salt, but you're based, you're, you're the money that that insurance agent makes is commission based. So the higher the premium, your insurance policy is the bigger, the commission they receive and the bigger commission we receive. So we can offer these products. We don't because we don't see the, the merit in them. We, we believe that there's a lot better uh, vehicles that you can invest in. And cons will talk about that in just a second, but make no mistake about it. The person sitting across the desk from you is going to make a substantial commission off of selling this to you. Now, at the end of the day, if you like all of these things, the guaranteed growth, even though it's slow and it's it's not really significant, um, the tax free. Let me let me also say the death benefit on this thing is one point eight million dollars. So uh, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. One million eight hundred forty seven thousand dollars from the gate. Correct. You make those premiums. Correct. That's what you're. So you, you pay one premium of thirty thousand dollars in a uh a piano lands on you. Ouch. Your your family's receiving $1.8 million tax free. So there is a benefit. I'm not saying this is evil and uh and, and horrible, this will benefit you or your loved ones at some point. And if your main goal is legacy, well, yeah, life insurance makes a lot of sense. So again, I'm not knocking life insurance by any means. And that's a good point, because it's it's why you're buying it. Correct. And it's the way I've seen it pitched in these short five, 10 second clips is make a lot of money without any yes, risk, yes. pour as much cash. You're not limited like a 401k or IRA. So the, that should not be the way that it's yes. positioned. Yeah. It's very much allocated like uh, from an, a marketing or advertising standpoint to somebody that that entrepreneur like, hey, let's go flip houses and buy a IUL. And and it's all, you know, wham, bam, and we're making moves. And it's, it's just not like that. This is a life insurance contract, folks. This is vanilla and boring and a great way to pass on a legacy. If you're looking at, I want a guaranteed way to give a substantial tax-free death benefit, income tax-free death benefit to my children or grandchildren. Yeah, this could be a great 
opportunity for you to do so. But it's not this super duper thing that's going to leave you with a bunch of cash in your bank and you're going to, I don't know, it just they make it sound so appealing to a younger generation where really life insurance of this magnitude is really geared for like a wealth transfer, somebody that a little bit older in age, that their goal, their main goal with these assets is to pass it on the most tax efficiently to the next generation. hundred percent. I agree. I mean, let's face it. Number one, their life insurance policies, they're, they should be set up for a legacy. Like you said, tax-free death benefit, but you have to get approved. You got to be healthy enough. Nobody Correct. talks about that part either. Correct. You have to, there's a, an insurance rating. You put these premiums in. The other downside is you're required to put in premiums. You ever yeah. required to put in a 401k premium, deposit, savings, yeah. IRA, Roth, traditional? No, you're not. So it's a huge commitment. And once I, I remember doing a review um, for somebody that set one of these up when they were 25, mm-hmm. they had a surplus of cash. It didn't look too bad. Um, they a- averaged, I think, maybe 4% rate of return, which is okay. But over a 20, 30 plus year period of time, investing in just about anything, VOO, the S&P 500, you're going to average 7, 8, 9, 10% without restrictions, without a requirement for you to put in money. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. That's the other part is once you get into these, you're not coming out. You're not just going to stop, you know, year three. Let's say you lose your job. You take a little less income. Your wife loses her job. Something happens in your life where you don't, you're not able to pay those premiums. $30,000 a year Yeah. for what would you say? 22 years? 23, yeah, 23 years? years, 23 years that, yeah, a lot can change over 23 years. Yeah. It's a big commitment. I will tell you though, like a success story. I remember this is 15 years ago uh, when we were still at the bank, there was a doctor, he had plenty of other assets and he was looking for something to, to, what do I want to say? Uh, specifically pass on to, he had one daughter. And so we did a joint policy where it was, um, a joint rights of, uh, survivorship. survivorship thank you. Uh, where it was like 10 or $15,000 a year, but it was a 10 pay. So over 10 years, he was done funding it. And at that point he was going to retire from being a doctor and it created because it was a joint. So it was based on his life and his wife's life. And he was very unhealthy. I, I actually think he was a table rating of Z, which is like next to that is. uninsurable. That's how like bad health he was. Wow. He was a wonderful man. Um, and he's still alive, mind you. I have a, a client that's friends with him and he, uh, they were able to create like, I think it was like a $775,000 tax-free death benefit, but that was the goal. There was no cash value hoopla. It was, I want to take again, it was 10 or $15,000 a year. And based on my life, my wife's life, but we don't need the money when we're done on this earth, we're going to pass on three quarters of a million dollars tax-free to our daughter because we love her and we want to create a legacy for her. So you bought life insurance for the reason of death benefit of life insurance. Correct. The reason you buy it. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I just, I mean, it it really bothers me that these, you know, insurance agents will put these ads out and and really capture and captivate people. And it's not just, you know, a novice investor. It's, it's people that are actually sharp because they hear all the, they hit all the, um, the hot buttons. You know, tax free, no risk. You should be looking at this. Your advisor's not going to be talking about this. Probably not talking about it because it doesn't make sense for everyone. Yeah. I have I have some young, very, very intelligent friends who came to me with, hey, my my financial guy or my uh, insurance agent talked to me about this thing. It, it, It sounds great. And it's like let me peel back that onion a little and give you some of the details. And I'm glad I did because once I explained to them the other end of this and how it really looks, 
um, they saw it. They're like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't notice what page three showed because he only showed out of the 20 page illustration, he only showed the highlights on page one and page seven. And it's like, there's other details here that you should be aware of. Now, at the end of the day, if you see the good and the bad, and you still decide, hey, I like this, by all means, maybe this is in your best interest based on your risk tolerance. Um, most young professionals that I meet with, after we go over the other end of the, the cons, um, it's no longer, you know, they're like, why would I do this? Why wouldn't I fund a Roth IRA for myself, my wife, and then have complete tax free with no strings attached? I don't have to take out money in the form of a loan. And then I have to make sure that the policy never lapses because then all of that will become taxable. I mean, there's a lot of implications that we won't dive into. Um, that could really be a sticky mess for you later in life because you forgot all of the details of a policy that was sold to you. 25 years before. Now, if people that know us know we love metaphors, mm -hmm. I put these in the category of a timeshare. People that own timeshares, they mm -hmm. swear by them, they love them. Mm -hmm. Do they make financial sense? Probably not, mm -hmm. but there's ease. And, and some people that are in this that have owned an IUL or VUL for 10, 15, 20 years, they swear by them. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, I think they have a purpose, you know, as long as they're positioned the right way and people understand what they own. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, there's a lot of gray in financial planning. Um, and that's why there's no one set solution. And I bring up Diana, our, our partner in Buffalo. She's a big advocate of, of whole life insurance and she believes in it. Um, she was raised that way. Her dad was a life insurance salesman. So I think that's part of it. But again, is there a, a place for it in someone's portfolio? Again, depending on their risk tolerance. Perhaps. Am I a big advocate of it? No, because I believe I believe in the market, first of all, over the long haul. If you're talking 10, 15, 20, 30 years, I believe the market will outperform all of this jazz that we're talking about here, where I feel like with these policies specifically, the way that they're targeting um, young professionals, it's a very smoke and mirrors effect. And I don't like that. I just want to be a straight shooter. If this is going to make sense, you're going to know about the pros and the cons and then make a decision. Well, we'll think of some of the people that have a large surplus. We mentioned doctors, lawyers, mm -hmm. if you're maxing out your 401k, if you're maxing out your IRAs, if you have no other tax deferred type vehicles and you're looking for something else yeah. that maybe has a really big death benefit, you're super young, very healthy, mm -hmm. you're able to plug away a lot of money for a long amount of time. And this is just an addition to what you're doing. It could make a lot of sense. For sure. You for know, sure. but uh, I don't know that it's understood that way. It's definitely not sold that way it's to not many sold people that way. Yeah, online. That's for so. sure. Well, I think uh, I think we covered that pretty well. With yeah. that, I think that's all the time we have for today's show. Thanks again for listening to the Pennywise Financial Podcast with my co-host today, Dave Georgiev. Thank you. Do you have a high deductible insurance plan? If so, have you set up your HSA? There's a ton of people who don't know what it is or how it works. Even worse, there aren't many people who can give you advice about how to make the most of these powerful and unique programs. Not many advisors focus on this in their practice, don't understand the mechanics of how they work or even where to begin helping their clients. Reach out to me, Constantine at Monarch Wealth Management, and I'll guide you through this process and get you on track to make the most of your high deductible plan and your superhuman HSA. You've been listening to Pennywise Financial, brought to you by Monarch Wealth Management. 
Constantine and David really care about their clients. They want to make sure you're happy, so you'll continue to hire them. There's no commitments, and clients are free to leave whenever they want. Think about being able to pick up the phone and call someone for guidance and advice on almost anything, from buying a car, selling a home, buying vacation properties, or even selling a business. Reach out on the website at monarchwealthmanagement.com. There are two offices in Rochester and two offices in Buffalo. Reach out to us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. Or call us toll-free at 800-480-1580. That's 800-480-1580. Until next time, this is Pennywise Financial, signing off. Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC.